Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. Can new councils bring more community input and oversight to policing in Chicago? I'm Susie Ahn. This is Reset. Public safety was the top concern for Chicago voters in Tuesday's municipal election. And maybe you noticed the issue was actually on the ballot, in a way. For the first time, voters picked representatives for new police district councils. Each of Chicago's 22 police districts will now have a three-person civilian oversight council made up of people from that community. So what are these groups and what powers will they have? Let's hear from three newly elected reps to find out. Dan Martin lives in Norwood Park on the northwest side. He is in the 16th Police District. Anthony Tamez is from Irving Park. He'll be on the 17th Police District Council. And from the 18th Police District Council, which covers the lakefront areas of Lincoln Park, Michigan Avenue, and Navy Pier, we're checking in with Brad Kessler. First of all, congratulations to you all. I'd like to start by asking each one of you why you decided to run for this position. I mean, there was some work involved in running. You had to collect several hundred signatures. Uh, Brad, let's start with you. I'm born and raised in Chicago, like so many generations of my family before me. And I've got two little kids. And seeing all of the crime happening in parts of Chicago, and certainly so many folks being worried about being carjacked with kids in the car or being robbed or walking to dinner, um, I felt like I needed to get even more involved. And uh, so I'm excited to be doing this and excited to be trying to help Chicago move forward. Great. Uh, How about you, Dan? You know, before I even talk, I had to take a second just to mourn and thank the service of an officer we lost last night. Officer Andres Vasquez Lasso gave his life to serve this city. And we're here to represent both officers in the community, but we're nothing without our officers and what they're willing to do for us, as demonstrated last night by the officer who gave it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and how about for you, Anthony? Uh, you know, I think for myself, uh, I've worked for two aldermen. I've worked for Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa uh, and Alderwoman Rosana Rodriguez in the 33rd Ward. Um, and we know uh, what is keeping our community safe, and that's fully funded schools, fully funded after-school programs. And so, uh, you know, as a district councilor, it's going to be on us uh, and myself in particular to make sure that we're engaging those communities uh, and we're engaging those communities who are most affected by police violence in the city of Chicago. Um, before we get more into that, let's let's talk just a little bit about the details of the position. Anthony, who was eligible to run for these seats? Yeah, so you had to have lived in your district. Uh, you had to have been over, I think, the age of 18 to run. Um, and I don't know if I'm missing anything else. <laughs> you couldn't be a Chicago police officer for three yeah. years, member of COPA and a few other things. Mm-hmm. And the signatures, of course. That, oh, yes, oh. yes. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, that's a lot of work. We'll just say that. It's a lot of work. Um, so, uh, you know, most of us don't really know too much about this new government entity. Uh, Brad, can you give us the basics of how these councils will work? Yeah, certainly. Um, The requirement on those of us that are in this room right now, the three council members, is really to meet monthly. One of us will become a chair, and it will be decided among the three council members inside the district on how they divide themselves. One will become a community member, and one will become on the nominating committee. Uh, And we are supposed to be collaborating with the police departments in our area uh, and uh, the rules actually within the ordinance are very thin when it comes to how to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And so there will be a lot of creation 
uh, ideally among the folks that join the council with an idea of how to innovate. Uh, the, the powers are a bit more described in the commission. Uh, and so that nominating person inside the three-party uh, group will be on that nominating party. We'll try to appoint folks inside the commission. That commission actually has different powers. Yeah. Well, Dan, we already have the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. What kind of new oversight will these district councils provide? So these new district councils aren't so much oversight, but they're kind of the root and the foot of community policing. How can we create community policing and we're the ones that will be elected to help solve that problem. It's a book that hasn't been written. We're going to write it ourselves um, in the community. And it's not about punishing police or helping police, but it's about community engagement, bringing ideas of how we can bring it from the police officer just working to the community stepping up and acting, not as police agents, but crime responsibility, creating alternatives for our youth. Um, is one way. This is not a Chicago problem. This is not a police officer problem. It's a community problem. So we've got to step up as a group and see what we can do. Do you believe, um, you know, the power to hire and fire uh, police officers still rests in the hands of the uh, superintendent and police board? Um, Brad, do you feel that uh, these local district councils are, are largely symbolic? I think where they stand right now, and it's a problem, is that it's symbolic. We have to work collectively as a council to actually reopen the ordinance uh, so that we can actually put some real teeth behind the positions that we all ran very hard and we're fighting on behalf of our communities. And so, you know, namely, uh, what I think we need to do towards that point is actually have more of a say with keeping officers in our communities and actually helping to develop them as part of our family and our community. And then uh, in addition is actually have more of a say of our budgets that impact our local police. The budgets are all top down from the superintendent. And it, it creates uh, an uneven balance where our community actually can't access the information to know how they're keeping themselves safe and where the dollars should go. So uh, I do advocate for more funding for police. But first, I advocate for understanding where the funding is going. And, you know, this this was only on Tuesday that you were elected. Uh, have you met all the other people on your council yet, Anthony? Yes. So uh, I actually we all actually filed individually, but we ran uh, as a slate after we had filed. So my running mates, Beth Rochford um, and Steve Spagnolo, uh, you know, we've worked together since the very beginning. So we're going to be ready from day one. We already know who's going to be our chair, who's going to be our community person, who's going to be our nominating person. Um, and so we've uh, met with all of the seven aldermen already uh, who cover our district. And we we're really excited and uh, ready to get to work. And, and will the councils in, in all wards work together? I, I think that's the that's the plan. Uh, hopefully, you know, our all of the nominating uh, uh, people from the district councils will get together and put forth people who are from our communities who understand Chicagoans, uh, who the mayor and city council can't appoint outside of. Um, and I think that's something uh, that's going to make these district councils really strong is when they get together uh, and, you know, we put those people up, right? Uh, so police superintendent David Brown, uh, as we know, announced his resignation yesterday. Um, your councils won't decide who the new head of CPD would be. However, under new rules, the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability, the relatively new civilian uh, body, which your councils will be responsible for selecting candidates for, will come up with a short list of superintendent candidates uh, which the next mayor must choose from. So do you have some influence on this whole process? I mean, thoughts on what you'd like to see in a new superintendent? Um, we'll start with you, Brad. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I would like to have a new superintendent that understands Chicago. Um, I understand that both mayoral candidates are saying they want somebody coming from the rank and file. I think ideally that'd be the case. Um, But the community commission is tasked with doing a nationwide search. Uh, Being from Chicago, um, I would like to have somebody that understands Chicago. And that often comes from being from the communities here. Uh, But I do want the opportunity to get the best candidate possible. Uh, I am very concerned about the process we put forward inside of the ordinance for the 120-day search that the commission has and the ability for the mayor to then approve or reject the three candidates they put forward. It could create a very lengthy process. Um, We want to have the best candidate, but we could be going into summer without a superintendent that folks might believe in. And that would not be a good place for any of us. We know that's when our kids need the most support throughout Chicago, when school is not in session and violence is at its height. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what would you like to see in a, in a superintendent? I think we need a superintendent that has a trust of the rank and file, somebody that will lead for them. Um, we can't have somebody that's just kind of stepped in and everyone's kind of looking, staring at him like, who's this guy? What's he going to do? I think, I mean, maybe someone at the given time, but I don't think we can afford time right now. I think in this current summer's approaching, like Brad said, we've got to get somebody that already has respective officers. Um, it's a real shame we just lost Chief of Detectives Den- Denahan. He was a great, he would have been a great choice. Um, unfortunately, he just stepped away from us. So I think we missed one there. Yeah. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I think for me, um, just echoing, I think we need someone from Chicago. We need someone from our communities uh, who understands uh, where our youth are at in the summers, who understands where our families and what our schools need. Um, But uh, to the question that you asked, I do think that the community uh, district councils will have uh, a large power in this um, by turning out people um, to the four meetings that the um, citywide commission is going to be holding across the city. Sticking with you, Anthony, how confident are you that these councils will have an impact on police accountability? I, I'm very confident. I mean, I think that's something that we've probably all heard at the doors when we were out canvassing and collecting signatures. Um, one of the main questions we got were, how are you going to contact us, right? Um, and uh, that's a really valid question. These district Uh, are larger than wards are. Uh, And so, you know, for us, we're going to have to work with seven different aldermen in the 17th district. Um, But uh, the power that these district councils can hold when we turn out communities uh, and provide an outlet for them, uh, I think is going to be unmatched um, to to any other elected office here in the city of Chicago, uh, just because of how ingrained the district councils will be um, within the community. Well, uh, Dan, there were um, some 17 candidates endorsed by the police union on the ballot, and it looks like about 7-1, you're one of them. Um, What's your vision for these police district councils? My vision is to be a building block, not so much oversight, not so much, I've said it before, you know, how about, let's bring body camera videos into use. Let's look at videos from the districts. I mean, you go to a beat meeting, they're kind of kind of lame, for lack of another word. I mean, let's open it up with body camera videos from what happened in your district in your beat. Why can't we take these videos that we already have recorded, have somebody in the station that puts the videos together, and you can see the crime, you know, maybe a week later, a few days later, come up with something, but let's see it. Let's see what our officers do every day, and, you know, maybe that will help build respect for policing because you're not going to get more police officers till they're respected. No one wants to be one. So we already have the body cameras on. Let's just show the world what police officers deal with every day. And at that point, it would be a suggestion, right, from from the council, and it, there'd 
That's exactly what we're here for. That's exactly what we're here for. We are here to um, give input to what community policing is. We're the bottom floor of it. Um, The ones on the ground level talking to residents and reporting back to they're going to set some up in the commander's office. And all this is to be figured out. You know, Brad said, we're going to have to see. There's not much there, but hopefully we can build it into something and get community policing involved. Brad, you're also a member of the local school council at uh, Lincoln Park High School. Um, are there some similarities between these police district councils and, and local school councils? That's a great question. I'd like there to be more similarities uh, because in the local school councils, uh, we actually have uh, some level of authority over budget at a very local level. Um, I, I happen to chair the budget committee at Lincoln Park High School, and so I know where the dollars go, which is really helpful because it's a neighborhood school and it's community involvement. Um, we also have the ability to do principal evaluations, and we have uh, a, some level of hiring and firing capability of the principal. Um, I don't think we need that as a commander base, but I would love to to have the ability for the community to be more involved with the commander so we actually know the community policing we're talking about uh, and the ability to actually keep community police in the community, which also, like I think about, sorry for the long answer, I think about our teachers at the high school. We don't have our science teacher you know, be reassigned to another school five days into the school year or two months into the school year, and then all of a sudden have five classes of kids without a science teacher. But that's, that's happening with our B cops. Mm-hmm. We have this constant movement. So, yeah, I would like to see more similarity. Yeah. Well, so if someone in your community is, has a negative interaction with the police, can they come to you? Uh, we'll start with you, Anthony. Yes, you know, they can absolutely come to me. I, I think that was probably one of the main reasons that these district councils were created. Um, people need to be able to come to people that they can trust. Um, who are you know holding our police officers accountable uh, because they are the people who are out on our streets every day interacting with our community, um, and you can't feel safe when you don't feel safe when the people who are on the streets are supposed to protect you, right? Um, and so I I will certainly be there uh, to anyone who has any negative interactions with the police officers um, within the 17th district, uh, but I think we also want to hear. Um, of, of some of those positive interactions too, which I think the uh, district councils uh, will will be a place where people can can voice their concerns, uh, but can also uh, voice their praises as well. Yeah. How about for you, Dan? You know, he kind of took words out of my mouth there. We're here to hear the negative, but we're here to see the positive, hear the positive, and put it up. I mean, earlier this year, we had the 16th district police officer, school resource officers in city council, on the floor, getting plays from the mayor, from aldermen, alderwoman, um, because they found a student, called Jackson State, got him a scholarship, drove him to college, got him an education, changing his life forever. It was featured in the news. It was featured on city hall chambers during council. And things like that, that's just one thing nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. There's a, for every you know, 100 negative, there's positives too. So it's just a matter of showing both the positive. Don't whitewash it with just the positive. You have to talk about the negative and be real, but you also have to show who these people are. And, you know, cops see everybody on their worst day. It's their every day. That's their, their every day is somebody's worst day. Yeah. So. How about for you, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I truly believe that we'll have the opportunity in the community to uh, be the elected voice of people, which is different than the programs currently existing with CAPS and with the district advisory councils that the uh, the commanders put together. Uh, I am truly hoping, and I absolutely love the city, so I know we can achieve it, that we'll bring the community into the police and not just the police into the community. 
And uh, I think that the fellow uh, members that got elected, Karen King and Bob Johnson, and I will be really great advocates. And we will, like the other council member said, we'll hear the good and the bad. Um, But I'm really excited because I think there's a a large void with the communication happening between our incredibly hardworking police and the, uh, the folks that they're trying to keep safe. You know, I think sometimes folks can feel uncomfortable going directly to the police department to voice concerns. Is your hope that residents might feel more comfortable coming uh, to you and other members on the council about um, negative or positive experiences with an officer? I'll start with you, Anthony. Uh, yes. You know, I, I I would hope that they would feel more comfortable coming to me. Um, you know, I... I am their neighbor. Um, you know, I am the person that lives right next door to them. Um, and I think that that has come up a lot in, in my campaign, too. Um, you know, someone asked me the other day, you know, what's a better word for a politician, right? Um, and that's the exact thing that I said. I said neighbor, um, right? Because you feel comfortable with your neighbor. Your neighbors are the ones who watch your children when they're out on the street playing. Your neighbors are the one who get your mail when you're out of town. They're the ones who watch your house, right? And so, you know, as their neighbor, I certainly hope that they feel comfortable with me, and I will do everything in my power to make sure that they feel comfortable with me um, because we are here to listen to the community um, and voice their concerns to the larger city commission, uh, but also the the city, the larger city government as well. How about for you, Dan? I agree. Um, we're, that's what we're here for. We're here to be the ground for engagement. So come to us if you don't want to, you know, it's, it's walk in the police station, whether you like cops, hate cops, whatever your view is, it's still intimidating. So, you know, that's where the bad things happen or good, you know. So if we can be the level two and then we know who to call, perfect. That's what we're there for. We're there to be community members and strong ones at that. Brad, a slight change on that question. How exactly will community members reach out to you? Are you going to make your information publicly available? Yes, we we will uh, do it through, I believe. I have to continue to collaborate, and I'm looking forward to it with the other council members in my district. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll create subcommittees so that we can leverage the expertise in our community and uh, subcommittees such as on communication back with the police, like the question you asked previously, um, or whether it's religious institutions or whether it's education, for example. And I'm hoping, yes, through uh, web and social media, in addition to a lot of involvement in community groups, uh, that we can get all the feedback possible. And I just also want to add there's so many creative things people are already doing to try to keep their neighborhood safe. Uh, and I want folks to share what is being effective. And it's often, you know, taking care of our youth and taking care of our, you know, our schools. Uh, but if there's, if there's ways to think about how to keep their buildings safe, I want them to share that online so folks can learn from it. Well, as we wrap up here, I'd like to do a couple of rapid-fire questions. Uh, just one word answer, yes or no. Um, should the city hire more police officers? Brad? Yes. Dan? Yes. Anthony? No. No. Okay. And uh, should the city increase funding for the police department? Anthony? No. Dan? Yes. Brad? Yes. Should police officers be the one who respond to mental health crisis calls? Dan? Absolutely. It's dangerous. Anthony? No. Brad? Likely no. And I've been speaking to Dan Martin, Anthony Tamez, and Brad Kessler, all newly elected members of Chicago's brand new police district councils. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Andrea Guthman and edited by Dan Tucker and Stephanie Kim. We'll be back later today with our weekly news recap, so make sure to check your podcast feed. I'm Susie Ann. Talk to you soon.
Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.